Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Give God some praise. Wow. Does anybody believe the Spirit of God is here? You may have your seats. You may have your seats. It's an absolute honor to be here with you guys on this Sunday. This is actually my first Sunday at the Gap Church with people. So um, I, I'm absolutely honored to be here genuinely. Um, I was here with the guys yesterday. It was an incredible time. Um, the, 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 the workers rally yesterday, the leaders conference was sensational. Um, anybody here who doesn't serve, you have incredible people that are serving you. I want to let you know that. Um, it was awesome. I want to honor the leaders for having me here. I want to honor the leaders that, you know, God is using to make this happen. You know, what's happening here isn't normal. This really is revival. I know for a fact God is causing a shift in Texas through the Gap Church. It's, this isn't normal. This isn't normal. I kid you guys not. Um, but I have a message. I have a, a, a brief message, but I think it's an important message. I believe it's a message that God wants us to hear. Um, as they introduce me, my name's Toby Sanusi. For anybody that didn't catch that, I am from a live church, London, hence the accent. So I have an accent. So, um, but I'm excited to share this word with you all. Um, if you have your Bibles, you may want to turn to John chapter 3, verse 16. It's an obscure book. Not many people know about it. John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm read it off the top of my head because I know it. <laughs> it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and that whosoever believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life. That passage to me is one of the most powerful verses in all of scripture. For God so loved the world. I want us to kind of focus for the next few moments on that first part. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. This is the God that when he speaks, creation groans. This is the God that created the heavens and the earth. This is the God who spoke and everything that we see came into existence. That God so loves this world. That to me is mind-blowing. I don't know if you guys think that, but our tiny world God, the great God, the sovereign God, that's loud, the sovereign God, he, he, he loves our world. And I kind of want for the next few moments for us to just speak on this topic of love and just really understanding God's love because I think God's love is, is game changing when you kind of understand it. To be honest, it's too wide and too great for us to really fathom it. But when we kind of understand that, I think it's game changing and it's life changing. Does anybody else believe that? Amen. I want you to open to this other piece of scripture in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 verse 6. Romans chapter 5 verse 6. Paul, the writer of the book of Romans, he, he, he writes down, For while we were weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Verse 8 says as soon as the wind stops but God shows his love for us in that whilst we were still sinners Christ died for us so what Paul is saying in this in this verse what Paul is saying is that 
what he's doing is he, he's comparing God's love and mankind's love. He, he's kind of giving us a visual image of God's love compared to mankind's love. And Paul is saying, okay, so by the way, mankind, we probably won't, no, no, we don't die for a perfect person. Like, like we just don't do that. We probably will not die for a perfect person. Then he goes on to say, we absolutely will not die for just a good person. It is rare that you would see somebody die for a good person. You just don't see that. We don't do that. Then he says, but God, whilst we were still sinners, he sent Christ to die for us. I don't know about you, but that kind of just blows my mind. Like, like, like when you just put it into perspective, the way we love or our, our ideologies on love compared to God's love is so radically different. Whilst we were still sinners, he, he sent his son to die for us. That to me is, is mind-blowing. Are you good? Everyone good? Awesome, awesome. Um, just by a show of hands, anybody here have a celebrity crush? Be honest. I know we're in church, but be honest. <laughs> Wow, there are, somebody says she got two. She says she has, I don't have one, I have two. <laughs> Anybody, one more time. Anybody have a celebrity crush? Okay, quite a few people. That, that's not bad. So me personally, if I'm being completely honest, when I was preparing for this message, I, I tried to think to myself, who's my celebrity crush? You know, do I have a celebrity crush? And to be completely honest, I don't. To be so honest, I, I've just never really, somebody thinks I'm lying. Come on, man. I can't come up here and lie. Come on, man. <laughs> but genuinely, I tried to think, have I ever really had a celebrity crush? And I've never really had one. I've just never really been in to celebrity crushes. I never really got them, didn't really understand them. Like, why? You know, like, what's the point? You know? But I remember growing up, maybe about, maybe like about 10 years ago or something. Um, I don't know if it was like this, you know, in the States. But in London, celebrity crushes was a big thing. Like, this was a real thing in London, especially with females. I'm sorry to pick on you females. But celebrity crushes was a serious thing. And I remember about 10 years ago, there, was, there were these two specific, let me say two specific people that a lot of females in London had celebrity crushes on. Now one of them, if there's any person, female in here that can testify to this, then maybe you can raise your hand or something. But one of them was Morris Chestnut. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of them was Morris Chestnut. If you don't know who Morris Chestnut he's, is, he is an actor, tall, dark skin. He looks a little bit like me, but, you know, we don't need to focus on that. But a lot, a lot of females in London, they had a huge celebrity crush on Morris Chestnut. So that was one. Now, the second one, and this one was really, really bad. And I feel like it just must have been worse in the States. But this one was really, really bad. So there was a period of time where females were literally addicted to a group of four guys named Mindless Behavior. You guys know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. In London, it was bad. They were addicted to these four singers. They were like a boy band called Mindless Behavior. Females used to love them. They used to pick one of the four that they would marry like it was bad. See, somebody right there, she knows. She was one of them. I'm glad you've been delivered, sister. But. But it was bad. Like, they would pick one of the four that they wanted to marry. It was crazy. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. But as I said, I've never really understood it. And me personally, I've never really had a celebrity crush. However, one of my best friends, one of my closest friends back in London, 
he had a celebrity crush. His celebrity crush was this woman named Zendaya. I'm sure most of you know. Whoa, a guy just, no, no, no. That was too loud. That clap was too loud. Prayer team, we need to get onto him. But, but my friend, my good friend, um, he had a big crush on Zendaya. It was bad, like, no, no, not was. It is still really, really bad, like really bad. Like, if you go on his phone, and he's a grown guy, by the way. If you go on his phone, his, if you open the phone, his screensaver is a picture of Zendaya. It's that bad. It's really, really bad. So one time we had to, in fact, on a couple of occasions, we had to kind of sit him down and be like, hey, bro, let's just imagine, let's imagine he sits right here. And we just have to be like, hey, bro, like, we, we know you love Zendaya, man. And he'll be like, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do love Zendaya. And we'll be like, bro, like, I, you know, I care about your feelings. I don't want you to get hurt. But, but do you know that Zendaya will probably never reciprocate this love that you have for her? Like, we just had to be real with him. We said to him, bro, do you understand that it is very, very unlikely that Zendaya will re reciprocate this love that you have for her? Let alone, it is extremely unlikely that she will even acknowledge this love that you have for her. We had to be real with him because it was getting bad. It was getting worrying. Sat him down and we told him, bro, I don't want you to get your feelings hurt. She ain't ever going to reciprocate or acknowledge this love that you have for her, bro. And I kind of think a similar thing is going on in John 3.16. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever... Hold on a minute. God, can we speak real quick? You mean to say that you gave your son, you sacrificed your only son on a whosoever? As in God, you mean to say that you gave, you, you left your throat, came down, put on flesh and bones, and died on a whosoever? Sometimes I think I need to have a conversation with God and be like, God, you understand, right? That there are some people who will never reciprocate the same love that you have. God, you understand that there are some people who will never, ever even acknowledge the sacrifice that you gave. God, you know that, right? Like, like, you, like Jesus came down and took on bodily harm. It was bad. I don't even want to go into the details of the crucifixion. But he took on all of that for people who may never even acknowledge what he did. You, we have got to ask the question, God, why the obsession? Like, like why the obsession with mankind? God I, God, I think you need to kind of be more picky with who you love. Like, God, I, I, I kind of think you need to stop, God. God. But, but he can't, you know. Like, God, God literally cannot stop loving. God doesn't give love. He doesn't do love. He is love. That is who God is. If he was to stop loving, that would mean he would have to deny himself. He can't do that. That is who God is. He's obsessed with mankind. 
His love for us is so deep, we can't even understand. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He don't just love the world, he so loves the world. Scripture says that when we're sleeping, he watches over us. Do you know how much you have to love somebody to do that? You just be sleeping, he'll be like. I love how he breathes. You know? That's, but but, but he, he's so obsessed with mankind. Is, you know, there might be some people here, I know, I know I've tried, to try to run away from God's love. You try to run away from God's love, but for some reason you just can't escape it. He just keeps tugging on your heart, even, even when you try and go against him. Even when you try to walk away from him, he just, he just keeps coming, he just keeps tugging. You're like, God, what are you doing? I'm just trying to love you. you, you we, can't, we, we can't run from his love. It's who he is. He doesn't stop. Friends, we have to understand that love can't just be the main theme of a month called February. Love is the main theme of our lives. Love has to be the main, love is the, is the essence of our existence. We have to be people who, who are obsessed with loving because that is who God is. We, we, we are objects of God's obsession. He, we are objects of God's obsession. That is how, how in love with us he is. You know, Scripture says you can have all wisdom in the world. 1 Corinthians 13 says you can have all wisdom in the world. You can have all knowledge in the world. But if you don't have love, you have nothing. If you have everything, everything else, all the spiritual gifts in the world, if you have all of it, but you don't have love, you have nothing. There are some people you are so dedicated in working on your spiritual gift, but you don't even love people. Can I let you know you have nothing? No matter how talented, no matter how gifted, no matter how much you can prophesy, no matter how much you can speak in tongues, if you don't have love, you have nothing, friends. God's love is, is un unfathomable, unexplainable. You know, about, about 750 years before Jesus came and solved the problem of sin, we see God's love on full display in a very audacious, extraordinary way through a man named Hosea, the prophet Hosea. For those of you who don't know the prophet Hosea, Hosea was a prophet who came after Amos. He lived in the northern territory of Israel. Hosea was, was a great prophet. You know, if you read the Old Testament, if you study the Old Testament, you would see that um, the prophets of the Old Testament, they didn't just uh, speak their prophecies, they lived out their prophecies. And many of them had really peculiar assignments. You know, if you look at Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, all of, many of them, they had peculiar assignments. But I would like to venture and tell you right now that nobody had a more peculiar assignment than Hosea. A more mind-blowing peculiar and, and, and straight up embarrassing assignment. Nobody's one was worse than Hosea's. So who was Hosea? Hosea was called by God to be a prophet to the nation of Israel. So God says to Hosea, okay, Hosea, here's your assignment. I want you to go and marry a prostitute. Are you speaking to me, God? <laughs> I can only imagine Hosea was like, no, nah, he ain't talking to me. That cannot be my prophetic assignment. No way. 
after all the, after their, no, that, God says, I want you to go marry a, a prostitute. If you read Hosea chapter one, you see God doesn't really give much reason as to why he just tells him to go do it. So Hosea goes and does it. Hosea marries this prostitute by the name of Goma. Not the cutest name in the world, but you know, it would do. <laughs> he marries this prostitute by the, name of, by the name of Goma. And things seem to be going well. Things seem to be going okay. Um, you know, they live together. They have three children. They have a boy, a girl, another boy. So things are going good. Things are going okay. Until one day, Hosea wakes up and he sees Goma's nowhere to be found. I don't know, I just imagine Hosea goes and checks. He checks the bedroom when he wakes up, she's not there. He goes and checks the living room when he, when he wakes up, she's not there. He goes and checks the kitchen, she, she, she's not there. Goma is nowhere to be found. He cannot find Goma. Now I want us to understand something here. Hosea was one of the most famous men in Israel at this point in time. So you can only imagine how embarrassing this must have been. For those people who haven't realized yet, Goma had gone back into the prostitution business. She was truly a runner and a track star. That's, this is what has happened here. Goma had left and she'd gone back into the prostitution business. I can only imagine the sheer embarrassment that, that Hosea must have been feeling. Can I please get somebody to come on the keys, please? Thank you very much. I can only imagine the sheer embarrassment that Hosea must have been feeling. And this takes us to Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1, real quick. It says, And the Lord said to me, this is Hosea speaking, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So what happened here is God had just, I don't know, woken up Hosea one day and he said to Hosea, Hosea, I want you to go and find your wife. Hosea, I want you to go and find your wife. Now let me give you guys some context on, on the nation of Israel at this point in time. So as I said, Hosea was a, was a prophet to the nation of Israel. Now the nation of Israel at this point of time, if you study scripture, they were going through an extraordinary amount of prosperity. They were experiencing extraordinary prosperity. Things were going great for them. They had money. They had food. Their military was doing well. Everything was going good for the nation of Israel at this point in time. Now, in this point of time, the nation of Israel, they had a huge philosophy on love. Love was a main theme for them. But they had three main philosophies on what love was. The first was that love can be purchased. The second was that love is simply the pursuit of self-gratification. And the third was that love can be found in materialistic things. That was their philosophy of love. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this sounds frighteningly similar to the society that we live in today. Our ideologies of love has become so intoxicated we believe that love can be purchased. We believe that love is just simply about making myself happy. We believe that love can be found in materialistic things of this world. Isn't it crazy how different our perception of love is from God's? It's exactly what Paul was talking about in Romans. This is the problem with mankind. Our, our, our ideology of love is so different from God's love. This is not love to God. 
So what did God do? God said, I need to teach my children what love is. I need to show my children what love truly is. And he did that through his son, Hosea. So God tells Hosea, Hosea, I want you to go find your wife. Now, I just want you all to just imagine how that must have been. Remember, Gomer had gone back into the, into the prostitution business. So just imagine how that must have been. This is one of the most famous men in Israel. Just imagine. He probably had to go to some brothels. He probably had to go to some brothels and just be like, hey, hey, have you seen my wife? Have you, have you seen my wife? Go to these different places where no man of God should be going. Asking, have you seen my wife? I just imagine, imagine if, if Hosea was walking on the street and, and, he, and he sees one guy and he says to the guy, hey, hey, have you seen my wife? And that guy then responds to him saying, oh, oh, that was your wife? Man, I saw her with, I saw her with the other day. I don't know, he, he probably goes to another guy and he'll be like, hey, hey, have you, have you seen my wife? And, and, and that guy says, oh, oh, that's your wife? My bad, bro. I was with her last night. My bad, bro. She didn't tell me she was your wife. My bad, bro. But just imagine the different places he had to go to. (laughs) Now, you know, most scholars actually believe that Hosea actually walked in on his wife being auctioned. He walked in on an auction. He's in the sex slave business, so he walked in on an auction. Imagine how that must have been. Hosea just walks inside and he says, hey, has anybody seen my wife? And the person in charge of the auction probably said, hey, I don't care if that's your wife. There is a price that you have to pay. She she belongs to me. There is a price that you have to pay. You know what Hosea says, friends? Hosea chapter 3 verse 2. What does Hosea do? Hosea says, so I bought her for 15 shekels. We need to understand this. Wait, can we pause a minute? Hosea. You mean to tell me that you bought your wife back? Why are you paying a price, Hosea? This is someone that's, she's yours. She is your wife. She belongs to you. Hosea, why are you paying a price? Friends, can I let you know, Psalms 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Meaning that everything on earth belongs to God. Meaning that you and me belong to God. But yet he sent his son to pay a price. If that doesn't show the length, the breadth, the depth, the height of God's love, then I don't know what will, friends. He paid a price for something that was already his. This love that God displays is so different from our love. It is unimagined. No, man, come on, man. So you know what happens after? Hosea buys his wife back. Still can't. He buys his wife back. And Hosea chapter 3, verse 3, this is the first thing he says to his wife. His wife that had just been out prostituting. This is the first thing he says to her. He says, and I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. You know what Hosea is saying here? You know what he's doing here? He's renewing his vows to her. What? Bro, that isn't the first thing I'm saying if this happens to me. 
Well, that's what Hosea is doing. He's renewing his vows to Hosea. What Hosea is saying here, he's saying, hey, listen, I've forgotten about everything that you've done. I just ask that you be faithful to me as I will forever be faithful to you. Friends, doesn't this sound familiar? This is exactly what God says to you and I. He says, I've forgotten about everything you did in the past. I've forgotten about who you once were. All I ask is that you be faithful to me as I will forever be faithful to you. If you haven't realized, friends, in this story, Hosea is, Hosea is God. And who's Goma? You and I. We are Goma. Hosea is God. And we are Goma. Look at the places Hosea went to just to find Goma. Look at the people Hosea spoke to just to find Goma. Look at the doors Hosea kicked down just to find Goma. That is the work that God put in just so you and I will be saved, friends. Just so he can be back with you and I. He did all of that. Look at his love. Don't we see his passion? Don't we see it? You know, if you translate the name Hosea from the Hebrew, do you know what it means? It means salvation. The name Goma, translated from the Hebrew, means completion. Goma was never complete until she was with Hosea. Friends, you and I will never be complete until we understand salvation. We will never be complete until we are with God. We will never be complete until we find Him. Or better yet, until we allow Him to find us. We will never be complete until we're one with God. There are some people in here Well, if you're in here and you haven't truly rekindled with God, you might be in here and you haven't haven't truly got that relationship with God. You didn't really, maybe up till now, you didn't really know God has been working this hard just to find you. And he's just waiting for you to say yes. He's just waiting for you to stretch out your arms and say, here I am. There may be some people in here, you've never really understood this whole concept of God. You've never really understood the, whole, the fact that he is deeply in love with you and obsessed with you. And all he wants is a relationship with you. That may be you in this room or online right now. If that's you, I'd just like for you to simply say this prayer. With everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, I'd like for you to just simply say this prayer. If that's you. And today, you want your life to be transformed. Today, you want your life to be renewed. Today, you want to be one with the God who is so in love with you. Will you say this prayer? Lord Jesus, I thank you for everything you did for me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm far from you. But today, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, take control of my life. And from today, I want a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
if you just said that prayer, you have genuinely made the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. Now, for all the people, this ain't done. For all the people who you, you, you've already acknowledged your relationship with God, that's all good. You're already saved. That's completely fine. But this story right here has to make you realize that if I am Goma, if you are Goma, that therefore means that there are many other Gomas out there. And there are many Gomas out there that do not know Hosea is searching for them. There are Gomas out there that do not know the things that Hosea is doing just to be with them. Friends, we have to be persuaded. We have to be passionate to share the story of Jesus. We have to be passionate to let people know that Hosea is searching for them. Come on. We have to be passionate about people. This is true love. The greatest gift that you could ever give anybody is the story of Jesus. The greatest gift that you can ever give anybody is letting them know that Hosea is searching for them. Friends, will we be passionate about sharing and spreading the story of Jesus? Because there are people out there who are crying for this. They just don't know it. There are people out there who are searching for this. They just don't know it. May I please ask everybody to just stand on their feet quickly. And for the next few seconds, I just want us to pray to God right now. And ask God, God, will you give me the passion to share your story? God, will you give me the desire to make your name known? That's the prayer I want us to pray, friends. Will you give me the passion to bear witness? God, transform my life so my life can be a living testimony. So when people see me, they see you. God, help me to be a light. That whenever people are in darkness, whenever I am near them, they will be illuminated by your life. Will we pray these prayers, friends? Let's lift up these prayers to God. Come on, come on. God, make me a light. God, make me a light. God, make me a carrier of your light, God. God, I pray that when people see me, they don't just see me, but they see you. They see the story of Jesus. They see the cross. God, please give me the desire to lead people to the cross. God, please give me the desire to lead people to your feet. God, I need it. There are people crying out. God, there are people who are lost. There are people who are suicidal. There are people who are depressed and they don't know that all they need is you. They don't know that all they need is you. God, please give me the desire to let your name be known. Wherever it may be, God, give me the desire to make you know. Because you are the only one who changes lives. You are the only one who changes lives. Scripture says that it is His kindness that leads us to repentance. It's His kindness that leads us to change. It's not about my kindness to people. It's not about your kindness to people. It is Lord, the Lord's kindness that leads to change. God, help me share your kindness so people's lives will be changed, will be transformed in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, give God some praise. Give God some praise.
Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.